This is the Post Shift Podcast, and we'll look at the hospitality industry. What has happened to Post Shifters, and welcome back to another episode of the Post Shift Podcast. Of course, I'm your host, Sean Saul. I want to say thank you very much, and I'm completely utterly grateful for all the support I've been getting for the Post Shift Podcast since uh, the pandemic sort of hit and the lockdowns happened. I've been trying my very best to do a podcast every single day, Monday to Friday. Uh, the weekends, I try and keep up with all the other work I've got on, but um, I really appreciate everybody's support and listening in. Um, the feedback I've been getting on social media has been great. I uh, hope you've been enjoying it. I hope it's been bringing you some value because it's it's difficult right now with so much social media out there to get really down to the nitty gritty. And today is one of those very special episodes where um, I sit down with Michael Smith from SaveSmallBusiness.ca um, and we really go outside the scope of hospitality and look at all small business across the board in Canada because we do get into our little hospitality bubbles of social media. But he really tackles what's going on in the country and what they're expecting from the government in the next month or so. Um, really great talk. The guy really knuckled down on exactly what small business is about in uh, Canada and what we need to do for this to actually work and happen and survive all this. So I hope you enjoy this episode, guys, and hope you're enjoying your week. Thanks again for your support. I'll chat to you soon. Bye. So fantastic. Um, it's really, thank you very much for your time. I know that with everything that's going on right now, uh, you guys have been uh, pretty aggressive in, in being very vocal on exactly what you need from the government for small businesses. So I really appreciate you taking a little bit of time out of your day for me. Yeah, no worries. I mean, the reality is today in particular is fucking nuts. Um, <laughs> you can swear on my podcast too. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, just just calling as calling as I'm seeing it, um, and I'll I'll share some of the behind the scenes on what's nuts. Um, yeah. And and just to confirm, you are recording now. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, I usually just yeah. roll into it. So my podcast uh, has been going for about a year and a half. It's very hospitality-centric. Um, I usually just do two episodes a week. Um, but with everything that's been happening, I've been actually doing an episode a week. And that includes like recordings like this, live streams that I turn into podcasts, the whole shebang. Um, a lot with people who are in the industry with associations and lobbyist groups and talking to chefs about mental health during chef owners during all this. Um, but I started, I signed up for the newsletter and started really following this, the say small business. And uh, it, sometimes you can get caught in a, in your little hospitality bubble. And so really I wanted to, to break that out in a big way to the macro and really start talking about all business. Cause I think there's something to be said for everything you're doing for the hospital, like for the hospitality industry, but it is for everybody else as well. Yeah, and there's there's certainly a lot of crossover, and you know um, if we think about hospitality having to a large extent perishable goods, um, you know whether that's restaurants, bars, um, coffee shops, um, other um, cafes, uh, etc. Um, anywhere where there's you know potentially food or beverage or um, potentially also extending that, you know, into health and wellness space where there is certainly an increasing crossover. You know, all of those are areas which we're very empathetic to in part because, um, you know, we've seen the now over 36,000 small businesses across Canada that have shared their stories with us and, and helped us understand what does the reality look like on, um, on their main streets, wherever that is in Canadian communities. So to give some context to the listeners that are, are tuning in, um, what, what, what do you do and, and, and give a little bit of backstory to what exactly uh, you do as a professional outside the same uh, small business? Yeah. So 
Um, so as Chief Impact Officer of Impact Bridge, my, my work is for many years been acting as a strategic advisor to business leaders and uh, that includes uh, both executives, um, board of directors, as well as investors. And, and for me, uh, the, the majority of the, the folks that I'm working with would uh, find themselves in the realm of agri-food and uh, hospitality. Um, you know, there's various uh, consumer packaged goods brands, um, certainly um, various organic, natural, plant-based uh, food products, uh, and increasingly as well, tech companies. Um, but in that in that realm, you know, it's the majority are are small and medium sized enterprises uh, based in in Canada and across North America and some global brands. So really, as as my work serving individual companies and working collaboratively to grow what I, I consider to be that ecosystem of uh, of organizations and and um, and companies that that are trying to make the world better. Uh, improving the health of people and planet in some way, shape, or form. You know, as as uh, the COVID nineteen uh, crisis hit, particularly on the health side, I was really trying to determine where and how could I pitch in on the front lines. And for me, that was more on the uh, recognition of the of the economic crisis and the front lines being many of the small and local businesses in Toronto where I live. And across the country that I've been fortunate to visit, um, been fortunate to live in Vancouver and travel across Canada uh, over the years for my work, um, and uh, and really love what the heart and soul of Main Streets uh, in in all communities looks like with good coffee shops, restaurants, bars, uh, breweries, wineries, distilleries, um, and and others that would you know fall under the hospitality banner that have been so welcoming for me. So. Really, what we created with SaveSmallBusiness.ca was a website and uh, launched it on March 22nd with a few good folks joining me as co-founders to to ultimately call on the federal government to step up and address the unique needs of small Canadian businesses that, from the initial package that was announced by the federal government, were were really at risk of not receiving any support that would really help them through this very challenging time. With that initial package that uh, was first announced, has it sort of evolved and changed and sort of started leaning into the the end goal of what you you're sort of lobbying for? Or is it still yeah. the same? So if we if we look at the the way that the federal government responded, there there was a sort of initial decision made uh to provide broad supports that would help uh, many Canadians and some of those which would apply to business uh, would include the wage subsidy, as well as um, the SERB uh, benefit that would, would help some that um, had lost work or that were needing to work from home or care for family. So, so those initial programs that were announced in, in late March, they, they would help many Canadians, including those that had um, been laid off or um, or been, um, you know, unable to work. But there was really um, a gap because the, the follow-on programming that was announced by the, the federal government, which was the Canadian Emergency Benefit Account, which was this sort of low-interest loan uh, up to $40,000 for small businesses, 
that program was announced, and that was heralded by everyone from the, premium, uh, the, 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 the prime minister to to the um, uh, finance minister Morneau, as you know, really what would help local coffee shops and restaurants and hairdressers and others. And the reality was that uh, many of the small businesses already had significant debt, and being asked to take on more debt was going to be very, very challenging, as well as the um, eligibility criteria was was quite restrictive. So actually, those um, businesses that were heralded as the sort of core uh, people to, to you know, be a part of the SIBA loan were actually not eligible, and, and, and many still to date do not qualify. So that was one major issue. And then the other was really if we look at what's finally rolled out um, more than a month later, um, and, and many are calling it too little too late, um, is is the uh, the circa program, which is the um, emergency program focused on commercial rent assistance, mm-hmm. and so so that's that's the program that was um, first uh, indicated as coming last um, over a week ago by uh, the prime minister, and and then um, on on Friday last Friday we had um, Trudeau share the the further uh, details of the confirmation that that agreement between the federal government and all provinces had been reached on the rent relief deal. So, so that, that's taken a long time. That's something that we were first bringing to the federal government's attention back in uh, late March. And, and it really took, um, you know, a lot of time and a lot of effort, a lot of education to, to share that, you know, ultimately many other countries in Europe, Australia with a similar jurisdictional issue between a federal government and, and, and provinces or states, well, you know, all these other parts of the world um, had provided way more support to small business way faster. And we were, you know, really leaving most of our small local businesses on main streets across Canada, um, really kind of wondering whether they would even survive through till um, May 1, which obviously we were the second month that rents do. So so that's the situation we find ourselves as, as um, you know, we're a few days ahead, uh, in advance of, of, of May 1. And and rent is due, and there's an agreement on the table, but it's one where landlords still hold the, the upper hand, and there's not a, a moratorium on evictions, which really would mean that more landlords and tenants are um, coming to the table with um, with a real commitment to to figure this out together and share the burden and, 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 and work to ultimately have those businesses get through this. And many small landlords, um, you know, exist, um, as well as some larger ones, but but you know, in this situation, it's it's really those those small business tenants that um, that need greater support, and, and and some have already closed, and some are still on the brink. So that's what we're still really fighting for today. Do you, um, from all the people that you've talked to, you said how many people have you talked to? Like thirty six thousand businesses across the country. Um, yes. How has the landlord uh, relationship been? Because. I've heard a lot, especially in that April 1st, because it was two weeks after lockdown, that April 1st one came a lot quicker for a lot of people than they thought it would. Um, and even trying to get a hold of your landlord in that two weeks and trying to open up a, a line of dialogue was extremely difficult for a lot of people. Um, and some landlords were just like, they just pushed back on like, nope, you pay your rent, that's it. Have you sort of seen uh, a change in landlord relations or has it sort of just stayed the same still? 
Well, I, I think there's been a you know uh, an evolution to this for for everyone, all Canadians, including landlords and um, and their small business tenants. So you know certainly there was a lot of concerns um, from many, and 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 those that were proactive did in advance of April first. Um, have conversations, some some just verbal, some verbal and in 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 writing, um, and there there were some landlords that were doing what they could to help their tenants. Um, I know of, of of many landlords that offered a a deferral agreement, which um, you know deferrals would mean that you know tenants would in the following months or over a certain number. Uh, period of time, there would be a making up of the, the, the rent that was unable to be paid, say, in the month of April or, or May. Um, but I think as things evolved, really, you know, April was the first full month where uh, businesses, many were closed, certainly many um, businesses that were not on the um, essential services list across the country. Um, so, so really, the, the biggest challenge that most small business tenants faces, they generally don't have much cash on hand. So, you know, that can be two to four weeks. Um, so some were able to pay rent in full April 1st, but as we look at May 1st, um, mm-hmm. a few days away, the situation is significantly uh, different because there really is um, for up to 70% as we surveyed of small business tenants, um, really not enough money to pay rent. And so some some landlords had offered deferrals or had potentially um, offered other uh, discounts, um, offered other agreements. But really now we find ourselves in a situation where there is a good deal that the federal government put forward, and that that sort of um, circa program is intended to help landlords and tenants. Um, access relief um, for those businesses that have over 70% to 100% uh, drop in sales. But what we've surveyed in the last um, last 24 hours and found is that only one in five of the small businesses that would qualify for Circa actually expect their landlord to sign on Mm. to the rent relief deal. So really that idea that you know, there, the, the program circa as it's been announced would help a vast majority of businesses that have had 70, 80, 90, or 100% drop in sales uh, and have no cash to, to pay rent from A1. But, um, but the reality is that there's, there's a real concern that landlords are, are not going to come to the table. They're not going to um, take this deal because for, for some, you know, they, they may have, um, a desire to push their tenant out, uh, or they they may feel that you know the, the longer they go with this, the more they might um, potentially be able to uh, to get more or renegotiate further with greater power. Um, and in the case of some folks, for example, in Nova Scotia that have had a, a small program in place from the, the Nova Scotia provincial government, um, you know, it also has to do with there might have been previous agreements in place. In the case of Nova Scotia, it was a rent deferral program, which, you know, now that the federal and provincial program has been announced, that would be a much better deal. That would mean mm-hmm. tenants would have relief. So so we're, we're dealing with a really messy reality where um, where landlords still have the upper hand. And that's that's why we've been calling 
on all provinces to put a ban in place on commercial rent eviction before May 1st. Mm-hmm. And that really being, that really being the, the signal that brings more landlords to the table. And ultimately in the coming weeks, we may need to have all provinces essentially mandate that if, you know, if a landlord and a tenant find themselves in a situation where there has been um, a recognition that sales have dropped over, you know, 70%, then there, there is a, a requirement that landlords and tenants sign that that agreement, um, and 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 you know there would be real benefit in providing additional support to small business tenants that may find themselves anywhere from a 30% drop in sales to a 69.9% drop in sales. Today, they're not eligible for any rent relief, mm-hmm. and they're required to pay their rent in full. And if they don't, they, they could be evicted. So we can understand that for so many across um, the spectrum of this and across the country, it's, it's still a very challenging and, um, and, and, and I would say, uh, a dire circumstance. Well, yeah, because I, I find I, I talk to a lot of a lot of industry people who may not be owners, but just in general, gist and hospitality. And it's sort of like a, a bit of a boo hiss to landlords. And I'm like, well, landlords are small business as well. Like they, they have their own, they have their own costs and whatnot involved with it all too. So you can't dismiss one area to, to, to benefit another. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and really the, the perspective that I think you and many uh, listeners would have probably arrived at in your, on your own, um, evaluation of this whole situation is that the, the major Canadian banks um, could, in sharing the burden, uh, offer to do more. And, mm-hmm. and part of that could be for them to defer uh, interest payments on, on mortgages, which would apply and could apply both to Canadian um, homeowners or those with residences, as well as, you know, a, a deferral on um, on mortgage uh, payments and, and the interest accruing for um, for commercial uh, mortgages as well, which would potentially allow more landlords um, and tenants to to have a, a temporary relief. Now, that's not a leadership position that um, the major Canadian banks have taken to date, but mm-hmm. I certainly do think that many folks that I've spoken to have have seen it, that as that is a leadership opportunity that that bank CEOs could and should come together on. But we've um, not focused our energy there because ultimately it has been the federal government that um, has been taking the lead and continues to understand what what are the gaps still remaining that that need to be acted on and and ultimately for provinces to to follow suit in a coordinated uh, approach across the country. Do you think the the government is sort of slowly but surely really understanding the the impact that small business has on the the whole economy? Like I I know from hospitality, I've talked to a lot of people in the associations like the BCRFA and stuff like that um, about just not completely understanding how many people are employed in the hospitality industry just because it's very transient. There's a lot of people that do two shifts a week or three shifts every fortnight. Um, a lot of university students, stuff like that. Do you think as this has progressed, the government has really started gain out of the the big corporation sort of mind frame and really lent into the, okay, well, even though we don't have all the facts and figures that we probably should have, small business is way bigger than what we thought it was. 
Yeah, I think there has been an increasing recognition that that small business is too big to fail in this. And, and certainly we're finding ourselves in a situation where while there are some bailout packages that have been announced for, for example, the energy sector, um, we, we are seeing a, a prioritization uh, as more and more elected officials and those folks in Ottawa and part of the uh, bureaucracies for provincial governments really are presented with what have been some very good attempts. Um, certainly, Save, business, Save Small Business has been a part of that new wave of organizations. Um, I've been fortunate to get to know folks um, that are leading um, Save Hospitality Group as well, and I really appreciate the work that they've done on behalf of so many hospitality um, business owners and, and, um, and industry um employees. Um, so there's been some great work there and, and other groups um, coming to to um, the foreground more recently. Uh, the one uh, that I've learned about is, you know, Save Your Local recently. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there's, um, there's a variety of real um, committed leaders that have really just stepped forward to present uh, what what we are all seeing uh, in our communities. And, and, and for us, it's been a national effort um, raising awareness of, of these issues across the country um, and connecting with various groups that exist from um, across Vancouver and British Columbia, uh, certainly many uh, folks in Ontario and, and, and all the way in the East Coast and various, um, various uh, business improvement associations across the country have been great partners and certainly on their main streets are, um, you know, rallying uh, business owners, both uh, tenants and landlords, and working together as best we can to figure out the on-the-ground solutions that are needed. So I, I think that for many um, decision makers, there, there has been a raising of awareness over time. Um, and I think we've, we've really needed to create a sense of urgency for, for faster action because, well, folks in Ottawa, particularly the Prime Minister and others have said, you know, they're they're moving faster than they ever have. The reality is that for many business people that are in this situation, it, it's not fast enough, and and so that's where um, the, the the pressure that we've collectively been building um, in, in advocating for what is the additional support that is really needed to prevent the vast majority of hospitality businesses and the vast majority of small businesses uh, across Canada from uh, potentially not reopening after this, potentially, um, you know, people just deciding to hand their keys back to their landlord and just go bankrupt. Um, and the, the, the personal casualties of all that would be many people having their houses collateral on their business loans mm-hmm. and many other really um, uh, very, very challenging um, implications for for, you know, the, the small businesses that, you know, maybe they're not making that much money, but they're providing a lot of jobs, right, both for business owners and for um, for people. Um, and so, you know, for me as a lover of good food and drink, um, living in Toronto as I do, uh, there's some amazing restaurants and I've gotten to know many other um, local uh, cafes and coffee shop owners, um, microbreweries, et cetera. So, you know, there's there's a real um, there's a real risk that that many um, aren't going to qualify for these programs that have been announced, and um, 
and there's still misconceptions that need to be addressed, and that's that's what we're con- committing to doing with with uh, both the federal, provincial, and and municipal leaders that that also have uh, a supportive role to play. So, hypothetically speaking, the next month, everything goes uh, your way for the lobbying. What do you want to see in the next month come out of uh, the federal government, including mechanisms? So, it might be announced, but as you said, like it gets announced, which is great. Everybody gets hyped up about the announcement. Then the the mechanism takes three to four weeks to roll out. Um, what do you want to see hypothetically? What's your what's your main goal with Save Small Business? Yeah. So, if we were to see, um, you know, the the list of initial demands that uh, we were offering to the federal government um, on the SaveSmallBusiness.ca website, you know, there was a piece around uh, increasing the wage subsidy, which was uh, a, a sort of a upgraded response. Initially, the wage subsidy was only 10%. So now that it's up at 75%, that helps. But that doesn't help many small businesses that have been forced to close and um, and those that have already laid off their staff. Um, so really, the, the, the additional supports um, that are still needed, one that's more on the on the provincial and municipal level, that would relate to property taxes because that that is a, a, a you know a fixed cost that um, most uh, small business owners, um, as part of their lease agreement, may may pay for some or all of that. Um, so that's that's something which we're calling sort of in the coming weeks and months needs to be addressed and to look at how to um, to uh, defer or to um, to eliminate that cost entirely for the time being. As you know, uh, part of what we said is you know to look at a a waiving of 20, 25% of, of that, um, that that cost around property taxes would be a good good step. So really, beyond that, the, the biggest piece is that the rent relief program offers support to the vast majority of small and local businesses. And so, so that, that needs to look at certainly more landlords and tenants signing the CERCA agreement where um, there is already a recognition that 70 percent or more of uh, sales have declined over the last month or two. Um, so that's that's kind of really the implementation of the current program, which would be enhanced by the moratorium on commercial evictions that the provinces need to do. And then what the federal government and the provinces need to continue to dig in further on as it relates to CERCA is to create a second tier of support. Maybe it's less financial aid, but it still is some support for those businesses that have experienced a 30 to 70 percent decline in revenue over the last few months. Because those those businesses right now are required to pay their full rent for May 1 and future months, and they've potentially experienced, um, you know, enough of a decline in sales that they don't have the revenue to pay rent. Um, and so even, you know, a lesser level of support, let's say a 50% reduction in rent compared to say a 75% reduction for the higher tier of Circa, you know, that's, that's really a, a mid-level support that is needed and, and, and really should be led on by the, the federal government and the provinces. So those would represent the big, the big things and, and certainly to monitor the, you know, the uptake of the Circa program over the next couple of weeks, um, really ensuring that more landlords and, and, uh, and tenants, uh, are, are working together on this and, and, and we're going to, we're going to stay on it, 
through this entire process to ensure that more small businesses, um, both landlords and tenants, are, are are getting the support that's needed that that will help them to um, to to reopen and to rebuild their businesses in the coming months. How do you see as a as a professional who deals in business relations? How do you see the everything sort of panning out after normality goes back? I know normality is a hard word to even even fathom right now with the current situation. But um, in in reality, with even with the benefits and and what you're sort of lobbying for, how do you see business and small business, especially in Canada, playing out at the end of the day after all this is over? Well, I think that it's going to be a long road, and you know we are beginning to shift into um, what is you know the the recovery and the rebuild phase. But the reality is that whether in tourism or hospitality, um, we're 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 really dealing with a situation that's not going to go back to normal um, anytime soon. And, and certainly, when we think about um, small crowded restaurants and uh, wine bars and breweries, um, you know, well, I'd love to be um, experiencing that, uh, you know, beautiful communal um, uh, table and, and other um, close quarters um, experiences with good food and drink. I mean, the reality is that we're not likely to see that for months in a full reopening. And so the the, the challenge is going to remain for many small businesses and, and, and those in the hospitality sector particularly um, alongside tourism is to, you know, to, to really be able to, you know, take steps to reopen and, and, and generate some revenue, but, but also be able to, to ride this uh, for, for many months still and to be able to have the support from their landlords and from the government to, to really help truly get through this to the point where hopefully in, in, you know, many months or in a year or two, things are reapproaching um, what, what we would call a more normal um, scenario. But, but I think that we, we have to recognize that there's probably going to be an abnormal before there's um, anything that semblance is what things looked like previously. And, and so in that, we're going to need to continue to learn and, and share. And there's a variety of resources that are being developed by industry groups. I know, for example, the Retail Council of Canada has got some great resources that are publicly available. Um, and, and certainly, I, I think, you know, Restaurant Canada and others will continue to share their resources. You know, we're, we're kind of connecting across boundaries. So, you know, happy to continue to share that with our network for those that are signing up on savesmallbusiness.ca. Um, but really, I think it, it is recognizing that this is such a hit and is such a, a challenging situation that I think we're going to need to think about new and creative ways to uh, to recover and, and rebuild and, and move forward. And it, it will have a lasting impact on, on certainly um, the main streets um, of communities across Canada and and the business models and the approach. Um, and so as an example, one thing that has loosened and made a difference, I think for many hospitality businesses is, you know, where there's some food uh, and pickup or delivery options for some 
farm-to-table restaurants. They've, they've shifted into some grocery uh, or meal kit options as well. And then there's, you know, the ability to, uh, for a variety of businesses to sell um, alcohol, um, which, you know, in a different way, um, you know, through pickup or delivery, that that has uh, has offered a, a significant boost in revenue where that, that didn't even exist before. So I'd like to think that there will be some of those things that, that can, can stay um, and, and, and certainly recognizing um, as I think a growing number of Canadians and, and certainly um, more politicians, uh, you know, appreciating how, how important small business and, and those in the hospitality industry are um, to, um, to our communities and, and their, their much greater ripple effects through, through local economies. Um, so, you know, I think these are all uh, important things that, we all need to continue to uh, stand up for and, um, and, and, and fight for uh, what's, what's really needed in the, in the coming months and years. Um, and and I, I would like to think that many of the groups and uh, the relationships that have been built through this process can, can support um, and enhance the recovery that, um, that we, we need here um, uh, across Canada. Well, Michael, I really want to thank you for your time. That was uh... It was a nice look outside my usual listeners' um, hospitality-centric sort of scope, and really and really sort of interconnects how even the weirdest little small business that may not necessarily plug straightly into hospitality it influences the whole ecosystem, influences everything else. Um, so I really want to thank you for your time and all your hard work and everybody that's involved in Safe Small Business CA. It's a, an amazing. Uh, platform and I, I'm going to make sure that everybody signs up for it so they can keep abreast of all the information you guys are putting out. Well, thank you, Sean. I really appreciate you having me on and uh, appreciate your thoughtful questions and, and all the listeners thinking about, you know, what more can we as Canadians do to, to help small businesses uh, across our amazing country? Thank you very much again, Michael. Have a good day. All right. Cheers. Thanks for listening, Pose Shifters. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I really enjoy sitting down with friends and peers and uh, just chatting about the industry and getting down to the nuts and bolts of what's really going on out there. Uh, Make sure you like, subscribe, comment, everything on all the platforms. Just hit it up and I'll do my best to answer any queries or questions you have. I'll see you next week, guys. Bye.